93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hey, welcome to the show. This is your host, Ricky C. Simmons. This is the Get Your Happy On Out on 93.7 The Ticket. Man, I'm so glad y'all listening in tonight. I even got one of my homeboys in Dallas, Texas, Bubba Taylor. I hope you hear me, man. I just want to give you some love. I appreciate you checking in and tuning in, checking out the show. You know, I want to talk to you guys a little bit before I introduce my guests. It's about a routine. You know, I think uh, a daily routine, whatever works for you, especially if it's positive, preferably, I think is very important. Uh, a lot of times we, we, we get into these situations that we don't understand what's going on. I like to focus on the positive, and I always try to start my day off with a positive routine. Now, my routine won't work for nobody but me. So I suggest if you decide to start a daily routine, that you look into something that you can do and something that makes you feel good because it's very important to keep the stress level down. And how I keep mine down, like I say, it won't work for nobody but me. But like I start my day every day at 3 a.m. Doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people. But that's what I do. You know, I turn my life over to God. I do a set of spiritual readings. I drink coffee out of a prison mug. Now, that don't make sense to nobody but me. But see, that's what works for me. And I'm just encouraging everyone to make sure that you get a routine that's comfortable for you. You know, and a routine will actually help you set start your day off in a way that's productive and positive. You know, I, I'm talking about routines. I got to be real honest with you. I got to get to my guest because um, this guy here knows all about routines. Boyd Epley, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me, Ricky. Well, Boyd, you know what? I'm honored that you're here. Boyd's got some some information he's going to share, and, and he also has a story he wants to tell about me, but we'll get to that part later. Boyd, I want you to basically tell all, all the listeners and all the viewers who is Boyd Epley? Where, where'd you grow up? Actually, I grew up in Nebraska. Uh, but they thought I had asthma when I was about 10 years old. Okay. I think it really was just that my dad was a smoker and would have the windows rolled up in the car. And, and I had trouble breathing. Oh, wow. And so for one reason or another, we decided to move to Phoenix, Arizona, because that might that's where at that time people with asthma would move to have better breathing. Okay, okay. And so that really changed my life because I met a bunch of new people in fifth grade. And mm-hmm. and actually, the very first day of school really had an impact on the rest of my life. What do you mean by that? There was a boy in this uh, class named Danny Lundberg. And at recess, uh, got to know him. And he invited me to come over to his house that night uh, or after after school. Okay. And I thought that was nice of him. And he had an older brother, and the older brother had weights in their garage. Oh. And he had he was kind of an all-around athlete. He um, he did all kinds of events, but uh, I'd never really been around weights before. And of course, my entire life has been impacted by this ever since. <laughs> exactly. But they he had sixty-five pounds on the bar, just sitting on the ground. And another boy came over uh, with us named Ronnie Wilson. Uh-huh. And Ronnie was um, kind of a light frame guy. He wasn't uh, real muscular or certainly wasn't very strong at that age. And here Danny's 
instructs him to lift this up to your chest. There was no instruction. He didn't teach him how to do it or didn't really tell him how to do it. Just pick the bar from the ground up to your chest. Okay. So Ronnie bends down, tries to do this, and he falls over and the weights about broke his wrist. Oh, wow. Then, then uh, after that, uh, Danny looks at me and says, now it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't have no clue what you were doing. <laughs> no, so, so I was uh, able to get the bar up to my chest and put it back down. And that was my first introduction to lifting weights. Wow. No warm-up, <laughs> no just, instruction on how to do it, what not to do, what to do right. Uh, but I did enjoy uh, Danny Lundberg, and he had a big impact because he was athletic. And his brother also was a pole vaulter. Hmm. And so because of that, I learned how to pole vault before I ever went to high school. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> in high school, I w- my freshman year, I went to a high school that uh, was an older school because the new high school in my neighborhood wasn't quite finished yet. Okay. So I got to go to the new high school as a sophomore in high school. And uh, this is still in Arizona, is it? This is in Phoenix. Oh, okay. And uh, actually, I, uh, w- when I started seventh grade, my dad bought me a set of weights. Oh. But it came with instructions on how to be a weightlifter. And uh, <laughs> as I learned many years later, there's a lot of difference between what an athlete needs to do and what a weightlifter does. Correct. So these weights came, um, and everything was about Olympic lift, the style of Olympic lifting. There's powerlifting, and there's Olympic lifting, and then there's also bodybuilding. But uh, this only this set of weights came with just weightlifting instructions. So I really didn't get much out of it until I went to this new high school. It had a weight room and it had a class where you could take and learn how to do it right. Oh, wow. And the instructor happened to be the head football coach and the head track coach. That really impacted my life because I became his uh, linebacker, was outstanding defensive player on the team. And, and also was a pole vaulter for him and was the outstanding track athlete. And so he he really did have an impact uh, for several years in my career, taught me how to lift weights. And another young man that was in my English class also had a big impact in my life. As a, a sophomore or as a junior in English, I sat next to a guy that ended up placing fifth in the Mr. America contest in 1976, which was several years later. So as a junior, I'm sitting here next to this guy that had huge arms. He only weighed about 154, but set the world record in the bench press later in his life. This guy was just an incredibly strong guy and a wrestler and good friend of mine. I was about 160 pounds as a junior and I wanted to gain 20 pounds to be more successful as a linebacker. So I asked this Pat Nevy, who was his name, N-E-V-E, Pat Nevy. Okay. So Pat, uh, you know, I got a set of weights, but I don't really know much about it. And I took this class as a sophomore last year, and that really helped me. But I need to gain about 20 pounds. What would you recommend? And he said, why don't you come to my health club? So I went to his health club, 
which is open three days a week. And across town, it was open the other three days a week. So if you wanted to buy a membership, you could work out six days a week, but you had to go to the other gym. Oh, okay. For the, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and the same people kind of did that. Well, I paid my, I think it was $40 for, for two months and I ended up gaining 20 pounds and good muscle. And I learned a lot because there were bodybuilders there, there were power lifters there, and there were Olympic lifters there. And I got to see what, what was what and kind of how to do it. Okay. And on Saturdays, they would do posing routines. <laughs> okay. I wasn't uh, ready for that, but I do remember they were impressed with my back. Evidently, my back, I haven't seen my back. <laughs> but evidently, I got muscles in my back that are more uh, dominant than most people. So anyway, uh, that really impacted me in um, a lot of ways. Uh, and unfortunately, I was hurt before the state track meet, broke my leg, and wasn't able to get a scholarship to Arizona State University. It was what would have been the normal path for me. Okay. But I did get a scholarship to Phoenix College, oh. which is a junior college, but they were a good track school. In fact, uh, both my years there, we won the national championship in track for junior colleges. Okay. And I did set the national junior college record and got a full scholarship to the University of Nebraska. Oh, so I knew there was a, there was a segue yeah. to Nebraska coming. I just right. didn't know where. Okay. And so what happened was I, I would, uh, Phoenix College was about uh, 20 miles away from Arizona State, across town, big town across town and once in a while i would drive out there and pole vault with the arizona state guys and they welcomed that one day i was out there and nebraska track team was out there practicing for a meet coming up a couple of days later and the head track coach frank savine i know frank i remember frank yeah, yeah frank was the one just before gary pepin yeah yeah i'm familiar with frank frank walked over and he, he looked at me and he said are you interested in Nebraska? <laughs> and I, I was doing real well that day. In fact, I jumped higher than the ASU vaulters that day. Oh, wow. I think I probably went 15 feet that day. And Nebraska's school record was 13-7. And so he, he's thinking, oh, maybe I can help. <laughs> he's doing team. a little yeah. recruiting. Yeah. <laughs> so he just looked at me and said, are you interested in Nebraska? And I said, yes. I was born in Nebraska. Lived there 10 years. He said, I'll send you the scholarship papers. Wow. Didn't take me to lunch. (laughs) (laughs) No further conversation at all. (laughs) Straight up, that's it. Yeah, but I I like that about Frank. So when you came to Nebraska, you came as a pole vaulter? That's right. And how how did that work out for you at Nebraska? But I also came as a guy that lifted weights. Ah, gotcha. And now if you think about pole vaulting, you run... 120 feet with a pole. Well, that's 40 yards. Okay. So I knew how to make myself run 40 yards fast, carrying a pole. Okay. And so when I got to Nebraska and and, uh, I went in their weight room, it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Wait wait a minute, boy. You say it was terrible, huh? It was terrible. And... uh, it was about the size of your radio studio here, which is not real big. <laughs> not big. And it, 
but they had a student weight room in the Coliseum. Okay. The foot, football weight room was in the stadium north in the Schulte Fieldhouse, which has since been torn down okay. at where the North Stadium sits now, the Osborne Complex. Right, right, right. But uh, so I went in there, and they had one set of weights and four or five dumbbells, not pairs, just dumbbells. <laughs> All different weights? All different sizes. Oh, man. And so over the years, we lost one of those dumbbells. But the other four are on display there now when you walk into uh, the new Tom and Nancy Osborne Athletic Complex. If you come down the hall, there's a display there with those four dumbbells. Are, are still there. <laughs> and one of my classes uh, that I took to, in, to graduate from Nebraska, one of them was in facility development, which happened to be something I used many times in my career. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it'd be such a valuable class. I'm not sure why I even took it. But wow, I learned the height of an electro outlet, the thickness of walls, strengths of things, strengths of metal and wood. And I used that information a lot as we built weight rooms throughout my career. But anyway, uh, the weight room was so bad that I would go over to the student weight room in the Coliseum, in the, Coliseum. Okay. the problem with it was it opened out into a big open area where it was the men's locker room. So women were not allowed to go down on that level of the Coliseum. They weren't allowed to take the classes. So there was no females allowed there. In the Schulte Fieldhouse, women were, were not allowed in that building at all, hmm. even on the upper level. Because when the doors opened, there would be naked guys walking up to get their, uh, what they call the roll. You had your towel, shorts, and, and T-shirt, and socks in a roll. Yeah. And the equipment manager would just hand you your roll, and you give them the dirty one, they give you a clean one. Well, they wouldn't always be dressed. And the doors, if they did open, they were open right to the public. Oh, gotcha. So no gotcha. women were allowed in the building. So I'm really proud that I had a hand in changing that in both buildings Good. over over the years Good. and uh, in fact i met my wife in the coliseum weight room oh okay okay because um, i spent so much time over in that student weight room that they started asking me to supervise it in the evenings for recreation and eventually asked me to teach classes there even though i was the strength coach i was still teaching classes the way that came about was uh, when Coach Osborne gave me an opportunity to be the actual strength coach for Nebraska football and the other sports. Now, what year exactly did he That'd offer be, you? That was in 1969. I should have been a senior. Okay. And I had gotten hurt pole vaulting. And the doctors thought that it might be so serious that I could p be paralyzed if I continued to be pole vaulter. Wow. So I had to wear a back brace for about a year whenever I did anything. I was just sitting here. I wouldn't have to wear it. But if I wanted to try to play racquetball or try to play golf or, or lift, I had to wear this full um, from chest to almost knee back brace for about 10 years. Oh, man. And unfortunately, um, they were wrong. I did not have a serious back injury at all. But that's, that's what they thought. Okay. Uh, medicine has 
been advanced many times over the years to where now they their tools and their evaluations are much more accurate. Okay, okay. But they, I did set the school record as a junior, but as a senior, when I got hurt, they decided to redshirt me for a year, which means I was on scholarship, but I couldn't compete. So I was just trained all the time, <clears throat> spent a lot of time in the weight room trying to particularly rehabilitate my back. Well, Coach Osborne and the other coaches would see me going back and forth with their offices were in the Coliseum, but they they would uh, have the players over in Schulte Fieldhouse, and we'd be going back and forth all the time. So they knew who I was. They knew I was spending a lot of time in the weight room. And Coach Osborne one, one day called me over to his office, which was in the Coliseum, and, and he had Cleus Fisher with him. And they said, we've seen you in the weight room, and we – we wondered if you wouldn't mind helping us show the football players how to lift. Wow. Um, what what might have brought that about, he didn't mention this, but I'll tell you what happened. I was eating at the training table with the other athletes, so I knew football players, but you, you know, you don't just go in there and eat. You, you talk. To yeah, them, you're socializing. Too. I knew them. They knew me and so forth. Um, and track guys um, were spending – more time in the weight room and they were strong there was a guy named steve jepson a discus thrower that was probably the strongest guy uh on the campus at the time okay. uh, because track guys have a longer off season so that they're always going to be a little stronger than football football's got too many other activities going on but so anyway there was an intramural weightlifting meet for the students in the student weight room and I said, oh. Alexa, play 93.7 The Ticket. Okay. Play. Go ahead. I'm sorry about that. Go ahead. So, so I decided I would enter this student weightlifting meet. And um, the bench press you do first, and, and I did okay on that. And I'll go to the squat. And the squat record was, uh, I think it was 340. Okay. Or, or, excuse me. It was 330 pounds was the record for uh, Nebraska students. And Langston Coleman was in this meet also. And he was a football player. And he was a big, strong guy from Washington, D.C. And uh, he, he lifted 340 and set a new record. Wow. Okay. And so when the when you have a weightlifting meet like that, you you start with a weight and you get three tries. You can go up if you want at, at any height. You can go up as much as you want. You get your three tries, and then when the last person lifts, they move on to the next lift. Well, the guy in charge looked, and he says, Epley, where, you haven't lifted yet. I said, that's right. So, well, the way this works is we take, your weights, and then the guy that wants the most weight lifts last. And I said, I know that. He goes, well, we're already up to 340. I said, well, I want to start at 400. <laughs> and he says, and everybody heard that because they're all standing around. So I did 400, then 450. Then I did 500. And the next day in the training table, I was the guy. 
<laughs> so you became the man. I became the man. Got that. Hey, you guys stay with us, man. Look here. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Boyd. I got a whole lot more, and I got a funny story I'm going to have Boyd share with y'all. You're listening to 93.7 The Ticket to get your happy on hour. We'll be right back. <laughs> 